Best of Times live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Caligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Caligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today, but also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealers for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about some events that occurred which changed the world in in which we live in. So stay tuned to the show for some very interesting information. It is Saturday, December the 24th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Wishing everyone a wonderful Christmas day tomorrow. Hopefully you'll be sharing family stories of the past so that future generations will be aware of them. Again, best wishes for a blessed Christmas for you and your family. Don't forget to pick up the January issue, the best of times, in one of our 270 distribution locations beginning on January the 2nd. Thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy at one of our distribution locations, you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine. In addition, you can View and download the 2022 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who do make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and a Bearston and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, down in country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas, and I do thank you for taking time to listen to our radio show today. Today's show, I'm going to be giving you my thoughts, opinions, but also others on the many events in history which were critical in changing the world that we live in. There are probably millions and millions of these events, some known, but others unknown, that did or could have changed the world. So, first of all, I want you to consider this. We and others in the past, present, and the future make decisions and choices that truly impact, of course, our own lives, also our families, our future generations, and some even impact many, many more people throughout the world. But but some of those decisions on our part or other parts uh, impact people positively and negatively. So you might not think so, but everyone is important 
in leading their own destiny, their their legacy, and possibly the destiny and legacy of many, many others. Another another thought before we get into this uh, discussion is, have you ever thought about the many choices that you and others have made in your lifetime? The decision of your parents to raise you in your early years, getting that good education in grade school, which school, which junior high, high school, college, so many choices of study, even in college you had to make. All these choices to determine whether or not you're going to pursue a, a degree in a particular aspect. So many choices and hobbies and interests early in life and, of course, later in life. I mean, you have so many opportunities and decisions to make. Or am I going to play athletics? Or am I going to be musically inclined? Or am I going to do acting, singing, etc.? Am I going to do uh, different hobbies of coin collecting, etc.? Deciding is a major factor and could lead to different aspects of your life, but also impact others. I've actually changed five times in my career. And I'm, I was thinking about it uh, several weeks ago. And, wow, you know, um, possibly many people did not have that many type uh, of decisions. But I made five different major decisions in my life just regarding career opportunities and career decision. Another important aspect is whether you're going to join the armed forces or not, or go into public public service or politics. Of course, many choices about to marry or not to marry, to have children, to move to another city because of employment issue or other reason, decisions on finances, on health care, which health plan to pick. It, there's so many choices and decisions we make each and every day, but some of them are very complex, some are overwhelming, but many persons could have been impacted not just yourself and your family, but many others, and it might have impacted, as I mentioned, a few or even millions. I read an interesting article that discussed ancestral mathematics. Think about this one. In order to be born today, today in 2022, you needed to have at least 4,094 ancestors ancestors in 12 generations over a period of 400 years or so up until the year 1600 and even many many more before that to exist today so think about it you needed to be you needed two parents then there were two four grandparents eight great great grandparents and so forth all the way up to 4094 ancestors over that 400 years so think about all of the lineage and all your going back of how many struggles they had, how many battles they fought, whether they people lived and died by illness, by injury, by war, by conflicts. And, and again, how much sadness, how much happiness, how many love stories and, and their opportunity to, to move and migrate to different places. Wow. It, it, it mind boggles me that it, 4,094 ancestors were before me that caused me today to undergo my existence today is pretty uh, overwhelming if you want to think about it because there was a lot of possibilities and I was just thinking about my parent my my father had made so many decisions that that earmarked him to come to America uh, that one item could have deviated in that particular plan and not made to America, and I would not be here today. So in continuing, I'm referencing a little-known historical book called The Days That Changed the World, The 50 Divining 
Events of World History. This is by an author, Heimel Williams, H-Y-W-E-L Williams. It's a very interesting, lengthy book, and I picked it up by accident at the Centenary Book Bazaar here in Shreveport, that the book, literally, I was walking by a uh, number of used books, and this book, for some reason, fell out of a particular shelving that was there, and it hit me in the foot. And I went down to pick it up, and I looked at it, and I said, well, that's interesting. I want to, only 50 defining events, defining events, I'm sure there's millions of them. So I started gleaming through it, and I said, I'm going to take it home and read it. So I did, and... uh, so today's, I'm going to reference some of these events. Uh, he goes into great, Mr. Williams goes into great detail in each, by each one of the events and shows how it impacted the world, how it could have impacted further in the world. But I'm going to use some of these and highlight some of these today because I only have a short time to discuss in the, on this particular radio show. But also, I have found some other defining events not mentioned in his book that I've discovered on my own research or have been provided to me by others. Some of them are pretty amazing and definitely played a critical point in world events. So let's, let's start our, our journey. The first of all, number one, is the year 490 B.C., the Battle of of Marathon. You've heard of Marathon, the Marathon Runners. Well, at this particular time in history, the Greeks and the Persians were fighting, but not in any major battles. Persia was the most powerful empire at that time in the world under King Darius. The Greeks were from Athens and other city-states and revolted against this Persian, all the Persian rulers, especially King Darius. They captured and burned the city of Sardis, H-A- S-A-R-D-I-S, which infuriated the king, and the king then said, I've, I've had enough of this. He decided to send his Persian army to sail to invade Athens with its thirty with his 30,000 soldiers via an amphibious invasion, major amphibious uh, invasion. The Greeks at that time only had 10,000 soldiers, which were instructed to go to the foothills of Marathon. They chose this mountainous and marshy terrain to prevent the Persians from using their cavalry, and it did work. The Greeks fought bravely, and just a two-hour battle defeated the 30,000 Persians who retreated in panic to their ships. But that didn't stop them. They decided they were going to go whatever Persians they had left their ships. They were going to go to Athens instead of attacking on this uh, battle in Marathon. So a Greek named Philippides ran from Athens to Sparta. And why did he go to Sparta? He was asking for help because he knew that the Persians would soon be attacking the city of Athens. So, but the Spartans said sadly that they could not help as it was their time of religious festival. However, when word got back to the Athenian army, they decided to all quickly run from Marathon all the way to Athens. So the Marathon running was not just one, it was most all of the soldiers that were going to go to Athens to guard the unprotected city. The Persians, upon seeing the many Athenian troops in Athens, viewed them, and they were amazed, and they decided not to attack 
and retreat to Asia. So why is this critical? According to historians, this battle of Marathon over 2,500 years ago saved Western civilization and continued democracy versus increasing Persian rule. So just a few years later, the year is 480 B.C., again, this was known as the Battle of Salamis. The Greeks and Persians were still fighting even after this 10-year period of, of uh, even though they had won, the Greeks had won the Battle of Marathon. They've been fighting over dominance and conquering lands and other reasons. And Persians had actually conquered much of Greece but wanted more and more. So they decided to attack this time to bring 20,000 more warriors to battle with Spartans at the Pass of Thermopylae. Where, as we know in history, the 300 Spartans and 700 Thebans held off the Persians for a very, very long time. But, of course, the uh, traitor told the Persians of a hidden trail to go behind the pass that ended up in the killing of all the Greek Spartans. However, this courageous battle by the Spartans allowed other Greek city-states to organize to fight against the Persians. The Persian navy, led by King Xerxes, brought thousands and thousands of galleys of ships with over 30,000 troops now to attack the much smaller navy and the troops of the Greeks throughout the area of Athens. The victory by the Greeks in the Battle of Salamis was the result of trickery. The Greek commander Themoscles sent a message to Xerxes saying that he was thinking about changing sides, so it lured the Persians into the narrow waters of the Salamis Straits. The Greek ships then rammed the Persian ship, sinking over 300 of them. This Greek victory caused the Persians to again to return home and leave, leave Greece alone, at least for a while. Why was this critical? If the Greeks had not won this battle, historians said that Greek and Hellenic culture and all democracy would have changed forever. Moving on a little bit further, the year is March the 15th, the year 44 B.C., the assassination of Julius Caesar. Why was this critical? The death of the dictator Julius Caesar led to the end of the Roman Republic, but returned to revise the old Roman way of life, customs of their ancestors. It was a major turning point in Roman the Republic. Moving on, Good Friday around 30 A.D., the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. This began the start of the Christian religion. As the prophecies in the Old Testament stated, the Jews would find their king coming on to them mounted on a donkey as a sign of humility. Again, why is this critical? Christianity has become the most global of all major religions in the world. So moving on some 600 years later, the year is 632 A.D. On December the 7th, by the way, the death of Muhammad, the birth of the Islamic faith. Muhammad had a vision around 20-something years earlier in 610 A.D. where an angel proclaimed to him that there was no God but Allah and that Muhammad was 
Allah's prophet. Whomever, he, according to Muhammad, whoever said the words before witnesses who testified his sincerity became a Muslim. And according to Islamic faith, Allah would judge humanity and he commanded daily religious observance, prayer, and regular fasting. This doctrine was officially proclaimed in 632 AD, which included the demand that Muslims should fight all others if necessary in order to win universal acceptance of the truth of the Islamic faith. So why was this critical? This is the second largest religion in the world and growing higher rate than even Christianity and continues to fight others to convert to Islamic faith. The year is 632 AD, October the 11th. The Battle of Tours. Charles Martinel defeats the Moors, the Arab forces from Africa, Beginning in 661 A.D., the Islamic faith increased in the southern Mediterranean, especially in North Africa and Spain, because of tensions with the Franks and the Catholic Romans and the Aryan Goths. The Arabs decided, well, now is the time to venture to conquer more territory above Spain. However, luckily, these three groups joined into the Frankish army of over 15,000 who defeated the Moors at Tours by placing his army on top of a hero. Why was this critical? Well, again, there were three separate distinct Christian faiths that were competing against each other and not being totally cooperative, but they decided to combine their action, actions and resulted in defeating the Moors and causing the joint forces of these Christians in Europe to keep away the Islamic conquest for many, many years in Europe. The year is 800. The date is December the 25th. It marked the coronation of Charlemagne as king but began an interesting European idea of countries and territories. Why is this critical? King Charlemagne instituted numerous campaigns to forcibly get persons to, first of all, convert to Christianity. He also instituted a notion of revival of learning. His influence was tremendous on European culture and life. The year is... 1054 A.D., the date July the 16th, the Great Schism of 1054. This marked the first major split in the history of Christianity. It separated the Orthodox Church in the East from the Roman Catholic Church in the West. From 30 A.D. until 1054 A.D., over a thousand years, all Christendom existed under one body and was all similar. But the churches in the East were developing a distinct culture and theological differences from those in the West. Tensions gradually increased between the two branches and finally boiled over into a great schism of 1054. It's also called the East-West Schism. At the heart of the break was the Roman Pope's claim to universal jurisdiction 
and authority. The Orthodox Church in the East had agreed to honor the Pope, but believed that his ecclesiastical matters should be decided by a council of bishops, and therefore would not grant unchallenged domain to the Pope. So why is this critical? After the schism of 1054, the Eastern churches developed into the Eastern Greek Russian Orthodox churches, while the Western churches formed their Roman Catholic Church. The two branches remained on friendly terms for many, many years until the year of 1204. On this day, as the schism was not wholly mended, it was caused by a particular fourth crusade had captured Constantinople and ransacked the seat of the Eastern Orthodox Church. So so to this day, the schism has not been wholly mended. Permanent separation between the Roman Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, and other Orthodox churches are still there. Recent relations between the East and West have improved, but to date, these churches still remain divided. The date, a few years later, of 1054, is 1095, December the 27th, the First Crusade, the Holy War. On this date, Pope Urban, again, a Roman pope, preaches to a large gathering that he feels that there is a need to help our fellow Christians, even though they had separated and had the great schism a few years, 50 years before, because under the Byzantium Empire, they were being uh, fought and distrained by the Turks. So he said, we need to help. We're Christians. We need to help our fellow Christians avoid being taken over by the Turks. This would be the start of many holy wars, also called the anti-Islamic campaigns. It united Christians throughout Europe and caused the sharing of culture, building techniques. It also brought Christianity to many other people where the Crusaders were journeyed across these lands. Why was this critical? One of the primary purposes of the Crusaders was to stop the Muslim forces going through Constantinople to attack their European countries. And it was very successful in this goal for many, many years. It only failed until such time as competitions and conflicts between the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church began to get worse in the early 1400s. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, work from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio so possible. Those of you listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Abear Sending Country at Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and Aberston and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. We now continue our discussion about some of the events which changed the world in which we live in. So, and moving on, the date is 1371. 
Thursday, September the 26th, 1371. The Battle of Marista. It was between a small Ottoman army against a large army in the Serbian Empire. The Ottomans were one-fifth the size of the Serbian army. But the Ottomans used better tactics and their quality of fighters actually defeated the large, large army. So why was this army and why was this battle critical? Because it was a definitely a first wake-up call. It was a catastrophic defeat for Christians throughout the world as it opened up Serbia, Macedonia, and allowed now the Ottomans entry into these countries, including northern parts of Greece, and beginning and it began their major conquest in Europe for years to years to come. So about 80 years later, Tuesday, May 29th, 1453, the fall of Constantinople. Very few people don't don't know about this important date, but the holy city of Constantinople around this time was defended by only 7,000 soldiers. It had great defenses, including an iron chain that protected the harbor, massive, massive city walls. However, in the encampment, the young encampment of uh, the Sultan Melham II camped outside the city with 80,000 Ottomans and laid siege to the city for many, many days. The present-day cannons were just bombarding and trying to break the walls of Constantinople, but they were unsuccessful because the 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 Constantinople, the Byzantines then, had built these to withstand major impact by present-day cannons. However, as happenstance would have had it, a Hungarian Christian decided he and his fellow workers built one of the largest cannons at that time. And it was pre- presented to Melham second. Why I say that? Because the Christian, Hungarian Christian, presented his uh, rendition and actual plans to build this cannon to the officials in Constantinople. But they turned him down saying that they didn't need this cannon for their defense because it would not serve their purposes. But of course, the the sultan said yes. And he took the plans and the 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 um, the Hungarian Christian, sadly, built the cannon, which did destroy much of the walls and helped in getting the the capture of the capture of Constantinople. In addition, uh, the na- the Turkish naval fleet actually dug their ships, drug their ships, excuse me, across land to go over to the Greek harbor. Remember, there was a chain across this particular harbor. They decided they were going to diligently bring their slaves and others to pull their ships to go across. While some Christian soldiers were retreating the inner walls, they left one of the major gates open, which allowed the Turks to rush in and took over the city. Previously, the Emperor Constantine the eleventh uh, had asked Rome to send naval troops for assistance, 
but never did a force make it in time due to delays and reluctance. Only 700 Christian soldiers from Italy arrived in time and fought bravely, but did not help the cause totally. So why was this defeat critical? This defeat resulted in the Turks and the Ottomans moving quickly from east to western Europe to take over many Balkan countries and to convert many captives into the Islamic faith. All of Christianity at this particular time, at the fall of Constantinople, had a tremendous wake-up call based upon this defeat and now worrying how were they going to defend against the oncoming Turks and Ottomans going throughout Europe and spreading the Islamic faith. Moving on, October 12, 1492. We're familiar with that date. That's when Columbus makes landfall in the Bahamas. Yes, Christopher Columbus, with the backing of Queen Isabella of Spain, was to sail to, not America, but Asia. He delayed his departure to August the 3rd, which was the day after, of course, August the 2nd. And why was this important? The date of August 2nd was the deadline for Jewish people to leave Spain based upon the Edict of Milan. He did land in the Bahamas, but thought it was the Chinese coastland. He later journeyed to Cuba and then to Haiti and the Dominican Republic. There are lots of interesting trivia about these voyages, which I don't have time to discuss. But one of them, and you should reference this and research this, is that according to recent documentation, there were no Christian priests aboard those three ships. But there was a rabbi who stayed in Jamaica and started a Jewish synagogue along with several of his crew members who were Jewish. So why was this particular voyage critical? We know the three more voyages followed this one. The impact had a landing had a tremendous consequences, including the major discoveries, but also brought new items back to Europe. The coffee, cocoa, sugar, and of course, the deemed importance, importance of North America to Europeans. April 18th, 1521. Martin Luther, theologian, confronts the city of Worms and Charles V, the recently elected Holy Roman Emperor. He starts questioning theology and church government of the Roman Catholic Church, but also ended up with some political consequences. Why was this critical? This began the major spread of Protestantism and the formation of many different Christian religions. Most of Northern Europe, as you're well aware, is Protestant, while the Southern Europe remains Roman Catholic. May 18, 1565, the Siege of Malta. When the Ottoman Empire had invaded this island, they held it, they were held, when they invaded the island, they were held back by the Knights Hospitaller. The siege, one of the bloodiest and most fiercest contests in history, was won by the Knights and became the most celebrated events of the 16th century. Why was this critical? It put an end to European perception of Ottoman invincibility. It stopped the Ottomans from invading Italy and Spain, but marked a new phase in Spanish domination over the Mediterranean. July 29th, 1588. Interesting date. Interesting time. This was the date 
the defeat by the English of the Spanish Armada. Spain wanted for many, many years to invade England to reestablish Catholicism and extinguish the English Protestantism. They also did not want England to have the right to explore the New World, the Americas. The Spanish decided to send their navy with along with 30,000 troops to invade and take over England. But the English fleet defeated the Spanish Navy via very strategic initiatives and lots of really good luck. Why was this critical? Historians say the defeat of the Spanish fleet was the critical stage in the development of an English-speaking North American civilization. June 5th, 1661. Sir Isaac Newton begins modern science at Cambridge University. He was the first scientist, of course, to be knighted for his work and his discoveries. He was one of the founders of the Royal Society of Science in 1662, where members shared articles and scientific discoveries. Why was this critical? His discoveries helped others to invent and discovered, but also helped Western European countries to organize themselves for global expansion and dominance. September the 11th, not 2001, but 1863. September the 11th, 1683. The Siege of Vienna. We're talking again about the Ottomans. The Ottomans continue their conquest in Eastern Europe and moving west. They had reached the large city of Vienna, which was fortified by, again, like Constantinople, great city walls. But the city of Vienna only had 25,000 soldiers to defend the city. The city requested assistance from others, but very few, if any, submitted their help. The only help that they got was from the last but not least, who they never thought would help them, was the king of Poland. Him and his troops arrived to, uh, to assist. The Ottomans had laid siege for months and months and dug tunnels to try to get into the city. They cut off all supplies to the city. They laid siege to the city. Their goal was to conquer Vienna and to starve it to death and move with their, their 300,000 soldiers. Again, there was only 25 soldiers in the city of Vienna, but they had 300,000 soldiers that they wanted to continue to take over Vienna and move over and move on to Paris and Rome in the coming months. However, as I said, the arrival of the Polish horsemen, the winged hussards, the winged hussards, if you have seen in various uh, renditions, caused panic at the Ottoman camp by attacking from the mountain range and firing their cannons down upon the encampment. The Ottomans quickly fed. There were 300,000 of them, and they retreated back for miles and miles and did not continue the campaign against Christianity in Vienna or any other place. So why was this critical? This was a major stopping point in the Islamic faith conquest over Europe. Though some Eastern European countries did experience many forcible conversions, it did stop them from taking over Vienna, Paris, Rome, and many other countries in the West. July 4th, 
1776. We all know this is when the United States of America declared its independence, and it was the War of Independence against Great Britain. It was a difficult war with war with very small military of our country competing against a well-organized and greatly funded English army and navy. So many choices and so many decisions that we could have lost our independence campaign. In the latter days of the War of Independence, our Continental Congress had a major crisis in funding the revolution. The lack of money was England's best ally, and they knew that the revolution would fizzle away because of lack of funds and lack of morale in the troops because they could not be fed, funded, paid, etc. But in a last-minute request of the Continental Congress and that of of, uh, General George Washington, a little-known fact is that they contacted a money broker, Again, a money broker in his name was Mr. Hyam Solomon, S-A-L-O-M-O-N, of Pennsylvania. He was an immigrant from Poland and had, and had networked throughout his members and friends and families and associates throughout the area. And Mr. Solomon agreed with Mr. Washington and the Continental Congress that he would loan the government, the American government, $800,000 in funds, which helped the American forces to purchase needed armaments, supplies, and pay for their their troops and for the cause of independence. He was definitely for independence and wanted the United States to succeed. Sadly, the documentation for these loans via promissory notes from Mrs. Solomon, which totaled $800,000. By the way, that's valued in 2022 at $17 billion. These promissory notes, sadly, were lost. So no payments were ever made by the federal government back to Mr. Solomon and his family, even though many agreed that our government should do so and had funds to do so. Sadly, at the age of 75 and, and, excuse me, at 45, in 1785, Mr. Solomon died, and he was completely broke and penniless. Many family members for many, many years, attempted to attain some repayment for the federal government for his and his family's willingness to help and actually save America and succeed in the War of Independence, but were unsuccessful. The other sad thing, there are very few existing statues and mentions of Mr. Solomon for his service to his adopted country that he wanted us to and wanted his country, his newly adopted country, to be independent from Great Britain. Again, why is this critical? Well, I say it's sad to think without this individual coming forth to save America from losing the War of Independence, that we would still be possibly an English colony and not an independent nation. September 21st, 1779. A little-known battle in the American Revolution. This was right down the roadway 
right down in Baton Rouge. The Battle of Baton Rouge during the American Revolution's little-known and reported battle. It was won by a Spanish General Galvez, who was actually an ally with the American colonies. This and other battles that were won by Galvez eliminated the British control of the Gulf Coast and of Mississippi River. And why, of course, was this critical? According to noted historians, if the Battle of Baton Rouge had failed, the British would have probably won the war against American colonies. We'll be right back with more information. Bandara Work, our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and Abers, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Aberstown and Country Us Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you for listening to our show. I'll be continuing the discussion about those particular events in history which were critical in changing the world in which we live in. And there are, of course, millions and millions of these events, some known, some unknown. So today I am again referencing the book, The Days That Changed the World, The 50 Dividing Events of World History by Heimel Williams. And he discussed 50 events, but I'm adding a little bit to that. I'm not mentioning all of his 50 events, but uh, I've had some. I've also had some that could have occurred if they did occur, would have changed the course of history. Most of the ones that I've talked with so far did change history and and did change our lives uh, in the retrospect. So in continuing, I thought you might want to hear a, a few additional others. The year is January 1st, 1791. This was the year and date that the concept of electricity was discovered. Luigi Galvani discovered this discovery and found it was a medium which neurons pass signals to a person's muscles. He then discovered him and others started playing, I had to say playing, but worked on electrical currents and found it to be a reliable resource. Uh, he found electromagnetic magnetism and also due to his fellow researchers Orston, Ampere, Faraday invented the electrical motor and went on and on. So these scientists started beginning that January 1st, 1791 and continuing on for many, of course, many, many years, but up until 1827 started the age of electricity, which definitely changed the world in which we live in. April, excuse me, September 15th, 1830. Again, September 15th, 1830 was the dawn 
of the railway age. The opening of the Liverpool-Manchester Railway. In 1830, the Liverpool-England had the fastest-growing port, and Manchester was the home of many companies, especially textile companies. It was just a 30-mile railway line that was constructed at a very expensive price. The railroad person, George Stevenson, who also won the competition to find the best steam-powered locomotive engine. Why was this critical? Steam-powered engines changed the lands, vehicles, and then the seas by steam-powered ships. So his invention of the particular steam-powered locomotive engine on this particular railway changed the way of railroads. August 23rd, 1833, England's Parliament passes the Emancipation Act. Very few people are aware of this, but it involved a passing of an act which abolished and resulted in the abolish of slavery throughout England, the English uh, government and the English territories throughout their world lands. Why was this critical? This began the anti-slavery campaign across the world. March 7, 1876. The invention of the telephone by Alexander Graham Bell. Of course, this invention and patent for the telegraph was in April of 1875. But his desire for a phone had a personal reason, as his wife was completely deaf, and he hoped that this newly invented telephone could help her. He invented many other devices, of course, the photophone, the gramophone, but he hastily developed uh, this particular phone to, to help his wife, which was successful. He also invented a metal detector. As a result of the United States President Garfield being shot by an assassin. So the doctors needed to locate the bullet in President Garfield's body. So Alexander Graham Bell developed this new type of detector that located the bullet. So why was this critical? Well, Bell's invention, many, many inventions, started the telecommunications era. Well, hope you... Hope you enjoyed this show. Stay tuned to our come back next Saturday for more of these particular segments and ways that influence and change the world in which we lived in. So again, stay tuned next Saturday on December the 31st to learn more about these particular events and many other events that changed our world. Remember to tell your friends and family to listen to our show next Saturday morning for information that may that they can use and might need. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times in one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. Best wishes to you and your family and friends for a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.